So let's pray together and let's ask God to speak to us today. I believe he's got a word for us. In fact, I've been working on this for over a week now uh, and I'm pretty excited about what I believe God spoke to me for you. I believe he wants to speak to us. So let's pray. Let's open up our hearts to hear what he has to say to us. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. We just pray your word would pierce our hearts today. And Lord, change us and make us more like you. Everybody said amen. Today's message has a very interesting title. And there may be very few of you here today. When I just give you the title, understand what it's all about. But just because you don't understand, that means that gives me a great opportunity to bring you insight. Today, I want to talk about Christmas Kavu. Everyone say Christmas Kavu. Christmas Kavu. Anybody have any insight about what Kavu is? Oh, man, not one person? Where have y'all been all my life? Today, I'm going to share with you an interesting little insight that I learned today. But our keynote verse to introduce us to Kavu is in Isaiah chapter 9. If you'd like to turn there, uh, I, just make yourself at home and just go right to Isaiah chapter 9. I want to show you, as you probably know, if you know much about the Scripture, you probably know Isaiah 9 is a prophetic insight about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, about Christmas and what Jesus came to do. And so let's look in chapter 9, verse 2, and, and this will, hey, you'll understand a little more. What does it say? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. How many of you know Jesus is the light of the world? Amen. We could validate that in the New Testament where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Uh, but we see this prophetic insight. It says the people who walked in darkness. How many of you used to walk in darkness until you experienced Jesus Christ shining his light of love and conviction and compassion upon your light? The people who've walked in darkness have seen a great light. And his name is what? And it goes on to say, look down in verse 6. He explains, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he goes on to say, uh, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Oh, I'm just getting inspired. You know, on that first Christmas morning, God was so inspired. The zeal of God began to be made manifest and Jesus Christ who became to us. Now listen carefully. This is why I get excited about Christmas. I, I get excited about the influence of Jesus in my life. How many of you could use a wonderful counselor in your life from time to time? Probably all the time. How many of you could use, and we need a mighty God. Somebody say mighty God. Everlasting Father. You know, in this culture we live in, there's father-daddy issues. People need the voice of the Father in their life. He's Everlasting Father. And if none of that thrills you, how about the Prince of Peace, for goodness sake? Amen. 
and the authority of God and the government of God, uh, the, the light of the world coming to our life. Now let me pause. As you know, if you watch TV, if you've been, and I'm, I'm, I don't know your politics. I don't really know mine really well, but I'm not a politician, but I am a pastor and I do care about people and people interest me. And I, I've learned to uh, do my best to honor authorities in, the, in my life. But Friday a week ago, about 10, 10 at night, President George H.W. Bush, President 41 at the age of 94, passed from this life into the next. How many of you watched? Anybody get to watch the funeral? Oh, my goodness. I just loved it. I don't know if you did. I just loved it. I was inspired by this family. I was inspired by this man's life. Uh, and as you know, at the, uh, in fact, we just, uh, was it December 7th was Pearl Harbor, 1941, December 7th. On December 7th, 1941, young George H.W. Uh, Bush had just begun to enter college and Pearl Harbor hit and he left school and and signed up for the, I think, the Navy. And he became, by the way, the youngest Navy pilot to ever get his wings. Maybe not just Navy, but in all the branches of, of, of the armed forces. But he was at that time the youngest person to ever actually fly combat missions. That was President 41. And at 94, after he told his son George, uh, I love you too, he passed from this life. Now, what does that have to do about what I'm talking to you? Well, he lived his life with the motto or this four-letter word, kavu, as kind of the guiding light of his life. And here's what it means. That's in his day is what every young or really every pilot was looking for when they flew a mission. It stands for sealing and visibility unlimited. He said actually on his 80th birthday that, that we all prayed for Kavu. When you got in your plane, you didn't need it to be cloudy. Now today, pilots, all they got to do is maybe turn a key or something and computers and technology basically fly the plane even at night and, and without, uh, you know, being able to see the ground with even cloud cover everywhere. But back then, every pilot, when he took off, he said, oh, if they prayed to God, we need some kavu. We need the ceiling and the visibility to be unlimited. I'll never forget, my dad was a pilot and I'll never forget one day we took off from, uh, we were up in uh, uh, the panhandle somewhere and we took, we're out in the country, out in the mountains. I can't remember, uh, in the, I just can't remember the details, but we took off and he had no real, uh, you know, uh, navionic thing, not, uh, guidance systems other than just very simple stuff. And we got into the clouds and my dad was not instrument rated. And so we climbed, we couldn't get over the clouds and we knew the cloud cover was low. And so my father's only, he said, when you can't get above them or below them, you got to turn around and go back where they were not. So we literally had to turn around and go back and, and land and figure out where we could fly to and where the clouds were and all those kinds of things. We did not have Kavu. And so as a result, our trip was temporarily thwarted. And so President Bush, on his 80th birthday, he said this, in the Navy, we young pilots all prayed for Kavu. 
for ceiling and visibility unlimited. But you see, that is where my life is now at 80, uh, which is 14 years ago. Thanks to my family and my friends, my life is Kavu. He's got some visibility and some, and some understanding about life that he didn't have before and some insight about life. Now, when he passed away, let me just tell you what, what, when he passed away, according to his confession, and you can go back and Google, I think he was at the, the uh, Billy Graham home and doing a dedication to one, the, the, uh, whether it's a museum or something there. He confessed his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and thanked the Graham family for their influence, not only on his life, but even in his son's and family's life. And so he very vocally uh, and in front of everybody uh, confessed Jesus Christ as the Lord and the leader of his life. And so here's what happened uh, a week ago last Friday at 1010. The man who lived his life always praying as a young Navy pilot for Kavu. I think he flew 58 combat missions. And I don't know if you realize that he got shot down once and, and a, a submarine came and, and saved him. And then he crash landed a, a plane in the ocean and, and the, the, the Navy came and rescued him. And uh, in fact, those pilots were dropping like flies in those days. He had really no, it was his life seemed to be destined for uh, an early death. In fact, I read a little letter he wrote to his mom and said, I now have no fear of death because the, the purpose that I have come uh, is what I live for, something along those lines. I'm telling this guy, uh, he, he survived a lot of, of, of trauma and trouble in his life, but at the age of 94, after he told his son George, I love you too, he slipped into what I call ultimate kavu. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that and you can read it later that there'll come a time when we'll know him as we're known. When we stand before him, the, the, in a sense, the light will come on. And, and let me just ask you, how many of you, there's some things in your life that, that, are, that are a question mark? In fact, that First Corinthians passage says, we see through a glass darkly. There's just some things we don't quite get. Have you ever been in that place and then all of a sudden something happens and the light comes on and you realize, oh, now I understand. Have you ever had moments of kavu come when you were walking in dark? That's what happened when you gave your life to Christ. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And so I celebrated with the family and I wept with the family and I, I prayed for the family. In fact, Beverly, you might think I'm a little goofy, but we were in, in the hill country doing a wedding on the Thursday before he died. And so he died on Friday, which was the wedding evening, correct? And so Saturday morning, we got up and we we're going to drive through the hill country and we had all day to get where we were going to go. Uh, and I just so Beverly, I just, this may sound silly to you, but we're close to Crawford, Texas. And if I just drive through the town, I'm going to say a prayer for the Bush family. Uh, and you know what? And so as we, we decided to do that, and we did. If you're my Facebook friend, you probably saw pictures of us in Crawford, Texas. And then I got this wild haired idea that, uh, not that I expected to meet him or anything. I said, let's just drive out to, to the, uh, the Bush 43s ranch and just say we saw it. And so we drove and drove and drove and went out to this very unassumed, there is no big 
you know, welcome to the Bush family ranch. It's this unassuming little kind of dirt road looking thing with a security gate and a secret service uh, little uh, house and then some secret service quarters. And and we pulled up there and we got nervous because we knew they were watching us, you know. And so we turned around in the secret service quarters uh, and we skedaddled out of there. But we said a prayer for that family. Because we knew they were grieving, and so we watched and we and we learned and more about uh, this life, this president, and so I was uh, I was inspired uh, to say the least, especially about Kavi, because I believe I know this for a fact. If you name the name of Christ, there'll come a day when you stand before him, when you'll know him as you're known. And all things, though you saw through a glass darkly, things will begin to be clear for you. And then you'll understand. And so this morning, I want to talk about Christmas Kavu a little bit and give you an illustration. You can turn to uh, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at, at, uh, at, in just a moment, at Joseph who he got some kavu in his life in a time of trouble, in a time of darkness. But let me tell you what the Bible will do for you on on just any level. Uh, Let me just pause before I tell you that. How many of you in times of your life, man, you're just kind of, which way do we go? Which way do we go? What do I do? Do Should I go here? Should I go there? If I go here, what's going to happen there? And you just have question marks and you see through a glass darkly and you just wish there was some direction in life that would come like the light from heaven. And all of a sudden you go, this is the way I need to go. Have you, have you ever had that in your life? I'm not, I'm going to lift both my hands up because there've been times when I needed some coffee to come into the circumstances of my life. Well, the Bible says this in Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, the word, come on, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I want to tell you, in times of question marks, in times of darkness, in times of insecurity, in times of, 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 of what do I do? Which way do I go? What is going on in this world? And you feel so confused. The word of God can bring you some great kavu. And there have been times in my life As a young boy, I remember very clearly when I was graduating high school, I had just been born, well, I'd been born again for a number of years, but I'd just been filled with the Holy Spirit, and I really did want to know God's plan for my life. And I, and everybody said, well, if you're going to go to college, you got to take tests and things like this. And so you need to get ahead of all of this and you need, and I told my mother was on me and my counselors were on me. People, you gotta, you gotta start making some decisions. And all of a sudden I realized as a young senior about to graduate, oh my goodness, I'm about to be an adult and I need kavu in my life. I need direction and insight. And so I just told my mom, I don't know what to do. I'm just waiting on God. And she said something very profound that day. She said, well, you get in there in your bedroom and you don't come out till you figure it out. I went, oh my goodness, this could be a while. And as I stumbled, I realized that's not a very big room and there's not a lot to do. Certainly wasn't internet to serve. So I got down on my knees. I can take you to this very place. I think it was 112 Dunn Street, Red Oak, Texas. And I got down on my knees and I began to pray. I began to call out to God for direction and insight in my life. 
without going into detail, the Word of God came bursting into the spiritual atmosphere of my bedroom and the Word of God came to me and began to speak to me and direct my path. And within weeks of that prayer time, my future and destiny began to unlock the call of God began to be clearer and clearer. I found myself uh, in, in uh, uh, the city of Jerusalem kind of on a fluke. I just, one day I heard our pastor say, we're going to Israel. And I said, I think I want to go there. And I went with people that I never knew who they were until after I went. And I, first night there, I laid down and the Spirit of God began to confirm what I heard in my heart. And I'm here today because of Kavu that came from God's Word. Everybody say Kavu. And I think of that experience that Joseph had as God used him. How many of you, if you were engaged to someone, especially you guys, and you realized that the beautiful young lady that you, the spiritual young lady, the lady you fell in love with uh, was already pregnant. How many of you know you could use a little Kavu? We got to get some clarity about what's going on here. Are you with me? Say amen. And you look at the life of Joseph and really many people and throughout, especially when you see this Christmas, because I understand something about that first Christmas morning. It was the beginning of the light dawning on a dark world. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That's what was happening on that first Christmas morn. So this morning, Matthew chapter 1, there were, as you know, there was a prophetic declaration and, and Joseph in the quandary. Now look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example. In other words, this was a guy who loved his wife, his future wife. This is a guy who, who was not ready to throw her away because of something he did not understand. So the only thing he could come to with his limited thinking is I'll just, I'll just hide her away for a few months and don't let anybody see her and, 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 uh, embarrass her and possibly me. And it says this, verse 20, but while he thought about these things, now this is huge to me. This, when he, while he thought about these things, how many of you know there's some people who act before they think and then they speak before they think. Joseph realized, I got to ponder this a little bit. I got to figure this out. I got to think through this. I can't be a reactionary to the circumstances. That's just a little side note. Wherever you are in life, you can't just go by your impulses or what you feel or see or maybe even think. You got to ponder. And he began to ponder and wink. Listen carefully. When you begin to ponder on a, in, in a spiritual environment with the Word of God, and guess what? I'm just telling you, Kavu will begin to come. 
things will begin. The ceiling, the clouds will begin to rise. The vision will begin to be made manifest. And, and though in this life it will never be unlimited, one day it will be unlimited. That's what happened with Joseph. And it says this, uh, that while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared him in a dream saying, man, he was pondering so much. He had a dream. He evidently went to sleep pondering the things of God. And this circumstance, he had a dream. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. How many of you know Kavu's coming? Joseph is getting some Kavu here from the angel of the Lord. So all that was done, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, and here we go, another prophetic insight about the coming of Christ. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. How many of you know that word of the Lord brought Kavu to Joseph? This is your wife you're about to take. And by the way, she's a virgin. Just so you know, Joe, this is of the Holy Ghost. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him his wife. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name, somebody say it, Jesus. Joseph, because he, and let me just say I just, these are things popping in my head. They pop in my head, so I say them sometimes. Sometimes that's not good. But how many of you know the Spirit of God did not have to explain to Joseph who the Holy Spirit was? Something about, I'm telling you, you look at life of Joseph and Mary, they were spiritual people. They were in tune with the things of God. Even before the Holy Spirit was poured out, Joseph did not question the Holy Spirit. He was in tune with the things of God, with the flow of the Spirit of God. And as a result, he experienced a level of kavu. Let me give you some thoughts. The first thing that I see that Joseph received when that light of God began to shine in his heart was clarity of design and destiny. He began to understand God had a plan. Everybody say, God has a plan. Let me just say this Christmas. When you read the Christmas story, it's hard. When you look at the life of Jesus, it's hard. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Uh, he's, he's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting father. He's prince of peace. And I'm telling you, the plan of God begins to unfold, not just for all the world, but listen, Joseph got personal kavu. You know, God has a plan for the whole earth. Amen. He sent his son, Jesus, the savior of the world. He will save the people from their sins. And so Joseph began to obtain and understand, listen, God's plan, his design, his destiny is being unlocked today. And I have the beautiful opportunity to participate. 
And as we look at the Christmas story, we look at it from afar. You know, Beverly and I have actually had the joy of being there uh, and walking. Uh, and I would encourage you, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, go to Israel, enjoy it. You say, well, it costs money. It's money well spent. Uh, and I'll never forget my wife. I'd been there a couple of times. She looking out over the hills of Judea and, and just picturing that first Christmas night when the shepherds were abiding in their fields by night and the, and the angel came. We were right there. We saw the general area where that all happened. And man, the Christmas story was exciting to us. It was, it was made fresh to us. But listen, you don't need to go there to get it in here and get some kavu about life that on that first Christmas morning, the, the design and plan of God began to unfold and Joseph was able to catch it before really anybody else. His name will be called Jesus because he will save the people from their sin. And so so not only did he get those specifics about Jesus, but he got the understanding of God's plan and design for the whole earth. This is how God's going to deal with a sin problem. You see, Jesus came to planet earth because there was a sin problem in the earth. There still is. And the answer is Jesus. Amen. So Joseph gained great kavu and clarity of God's design and destiny, not only for his life, but for the whole earth. And number two, he got some clarity as this thing began to pan out. How many of you know when God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen, amen? And this thing began to pan out, and you can read this story in chapter 2. He got some clarity of direction. When Jesus was born in Matthew chapter 2, we know by the history and by the word of God that Herod's desire and design, when he heard about the coming of the Christ child, he sent out a, a, an order that all the little baby boys to be killed and massacred. Do you remember that? How many of you know when God begins to unfold a plan, the devil always tries to thwart the plan? But Joseph, as the husband of his wife and the father, or at least the, the earthly father of his now new son, Jesus, got some clarity of direction. If you look in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, here we go again. Jesus is born, uh, and, 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 and the shepherds have come, and, and some time undoubtedly has elapsed, but we don't know the exact understanding of time. But look in verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take... <coughs> Pardon me. Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod. How many of you know God got some payback there? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt... I called my son. I love the, hey, how many of you know the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed? The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so Joseph is just catching this everywhere he turns. The angel is confirming the word of the Lord. How many, what did I say to you? The word of God, when it begins to shine, it brings kavu into your life. It's the, it's the light into my path. It's the light. And that was what was happening for Joseph. <coughs> He got clarity 
of design and destiny. He got clarity of direction. Look in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. Happens again. Now when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream. How many of you know Joseph probably was appreciative of this angel? He didn't have the written word like we have the written word, the inspired word of God. The angel of God showed up again and, and, and saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that the uh, Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee and came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth. Here we go again. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. I just love this story about how God dealt with Joseph by way of the prophetic word of God, not just the angel. You notice how the angel always brought the word of God into play? Listen, uh, that's how God always confirms his word, not just with what we hear here, even what we see with our eyes, but what does the Bible say? He shall be called a Nazarene. And so... With the coming of the Christ, with the birth of the Lord Jesus, Joseph began to experience a whole new level of kavu. I love, hey, this is, hey, this virgin is, is with child by the power of the Holy Spirit. Kavu. Thank you, Jesus. His name shall be called Jesus because he'll save the world of their sins. And if Joseph had any insight from Scripture, and I believe he did, he began to understand, I'm living in the middle of God's prophetic fulfillment and destiny for his world. And I have the joy to participate. And could I tell you today, even though that first Christmas morn was over 2,000 years ago, today we still have the opportunity to participate. Let me just show you a little more here this morning. Here's the third thing I believe Joseph got, and you see it by his actions. He got clarity not only of design and destiny and direction, real specific instructions and insights, but he got a clarity of duty. He realized that the father of this new child, this, this, this one born of a virgin by the power and the influence uh, of, of the Spirit of God, this, this uh, Savior of the world. He had a responsibility with the Christ child to preserve and protect. And you see that in his obedience to the things of God and position him at a place of prophetic fulfillment. And so he had a duty and a call and a responsibility. And let me just say, if we don't get anything else from this today, listen, because of that first Christmas morning when the light of God was shined in our hearts, when the, the people who walked in the darkness saw a great light, it hey, thank God for clarity of design and purpose. Thank God for a clarity of direction direction that God begins to direct our paths. But listen, we also need to gain clarity of duty because Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. And Joseph's responsibility was to ensure that the world was able to hear the message. And he protected and he preserved. So you and I in the church, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, could embrace not only 
God's purpose and plan and His direction for our lives personally, but embrace the call of God and the duty of God for our lives. When you go to the close of Matthew 28, you've studied and looked and read about the life of Jesus, the Son of God, the light of the world. He gives the call of God for all of us called the Great Commission. He said, listen, I've come and I've done my part. I've, I'm about to die. I'm about to uh, 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 go to heaven and I'm, uh, my part's going to be complete. But now you have a duty to carry on the Christmas story, the message of why Christ came to a world that is lost and without Christ. So go therefore, <coughs> pardon me, into all nations making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm telling you, you know what Jesus did before he left planet Earth? He gave the church, you and me, each of us, some real kavu about who we are and what we're to be doing here on planet Earth. And it all began on that first Christmas morning. Kavu. Clarity of design and destiny, clarity of direction, clarity of duty. Now, listen, what did George H.W. Bush say on his 80th birthday? He said, every time we got, he did this 58 times, 58 actual combat missions. They prayed for Kavu. Sealing and visibility to be unlimited. So the task before them would not be constrained and limited. I believe God wants to give us Christmas Kavu too. If you go to Jeremiah 33.3, you don't need to, but you can. Uh, Jeremiah 33.3 gives some real insight. It certainly goes along. He said this, here's what the word of the Lord, call unto me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And let's read it together. Everyone out loud. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call and I will answer you. Show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Read it again. Everyone out loud. Come on. Let me hear everybody. Here we go. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, the context of this verse is this. Jeremiah is in jail. He's in jail for preaching repentance and, and preaching the, 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 the message of repent and turning from your sin. They threw him in prison. And the city at that time, the city of Jerusalem, was under Nebuchadnezzar's siege, I think. My, my, my details are a little foggy. But needless to say, when the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, not all was well in town. There was issues. There was trouble. Jeremiah was in prison. The city was under siege. And the Spirit of God comes and said, let me tell you how to begin to get some Kavu here. Let me tell you how to get some insight in the middle of this circumstance and this situation that is upon you. Call unto me. Listen, he's the source of clarity. It's his word and will that will shine light upon our hearts. Jeremiah said, call unto me and I will answer. Pardon me, God said through Jeremiah, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Let me, let me just break it down. Somebody say, break it down, preacher. 
Let me just break it down just for a second. That word call, it means to address officially. To uh, I love this. It's an aggressive, it's an aggressive prayer. It means even it has the flavor of to accost, to encounter aggressively, not in a negative sense, but in a positive sense. Have you ever heard about the old phrase, you to take a hold of the horns of the altar at the place of prayer? I'm not real sure. Well, it means get serious about your prayer life. And that's what, that's what God is saying. Listen, you in prison for the things of God, your city under siege, you got issues, you got troubles, you got all this stuff going on. Let me tell you what you better do. If you need some insight, you better get aggressive at the place of prayer and start calling unto me like you really care and like you really know that I can help you. How many of you know the deeper the hole, sometimes the more serious we get at the place of prayer? The darker the night. You know, when everything seems to go great, who, who cares about calling? Who cares about accosting God at the place of prayer? I love that. You know what? Hey, you say, that sounds kind of bad. Well, listen, you know what Hebrews says? It says, come boldly before the throne room of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help you in time of need. I tell you what now, when you're at a place of where things aren't the way they need to be, God said, let me just tell you, if you'll get aggressive at the place of prayer, I'm talking to somebody. That I'm about to throw this stand out of the way and get up and really preach here in a minute. Listen, it's time for us, hey, in this world we live in, to get serious at the place. He said, just call unto me, accost me at the place of prayer. Get a hold of me and don't let God and let me tell you what I'm going to do if you do that. I'll answer. I'll answer. It means I'll respond. I respond to that. You know, sometimes I think God just is offended by our little mamby-pamby. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord in my soul to keep kind of praying. He said, I'll respond to that. I'll pay attention to that. I love how this word pans out. I'll speak into that. You want to hear my voice? I'll, I'll start talking back to you. And, and, and this word even has the flavor, and I'll do it loudly. I'll shout into your world and testify and announce some things to you. Call into me and I'll answer you. And show you what? Great and mighty things. Everybody say great things. This word is kind of generic. This great, it, it's a generic, it's really, how many of you know if you're in a, in a jam and God gets you out of the jam, that's pretty great. You're, if you're praying, if you're accosting God at the place of prayer in a very violent, how many of you know the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Whoo, come on now. I'll never forget, I started learning how to do this as a kid. Still lived at home, and I was at home praying. I was getting kind of wired up and praying. My dad, I saw the door open. He peeked in there, and I looked at him. He looked at me. He just shut the door. He had never seen anything like that. Kind of a, I was praying. So it, this word kind of means uh, whatever you need him to do, he'll begin to, 
he'll, he'll begin to do for you. And if you look at Jeremiah, look at verse 6, God says, Behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel to return and... <coughs> and will rebuild those places as at the first. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity. Now, that's pretty great. Man, I look at things, God shows up in my life. I go, that's why this word is just kind of great, maybe something totally different to you than it does to me. Some of the things that you would look at after your prayers and your, your, your heart and your desire and your hunger after things of God, you go, whoo, it's personal. God personally responded to me and he came into my particular circumstance and situation and he gave me something that was so great. Amen. Great in what? Everybody say mighty. Now this word just blows, it just explodes. It has all kinds of insights. It's not really like mighty. It's not that kind of application. It, it has the idea, and again, when I was growing up, we would go down to Red Oak Creek and pick up pecans. Anybody ever do that? Now you just buy them and they shell them for you, for goodness sakes. And they might even put sugar and cinnamon all over them. <laughs> But when I was growing up, you had to go pick them up and shell them yourself, and it was a big family outing, and we would <coughs> we would look and see all those pecans that were too high, and we would get sticks and things. We'd throw, am I the only one that did that? Am I, am I the old old-timey guy here that did that? And there was fruit that was available, but it was out of reach. I couldn't reach it, and, and we'd just go, oh, if we could just get to that. Listen, this is the picture. It's, <coughs> it's this. It's more than this. Pardon me. <coughs> It's, he will, he will show you great and mighty things, things that were previously completely out of your reach, completely out of your sight, completely unaccessible to you. He will begin to uh, uh, provide and show you things and give you things that before you called, he, you never could see, you never could get it. Listen, there's some things you'll never get. There's some insight you'll never receive. There's some revelation you'll never get a hold of until you call unto him and his light will come. And you'll go, It came. Jesus, before we get in this plane today and fly into enemy territory, please give us covenant. Show us the way. You know what? If you and I, and I know I have, have ever asked Christ to come into our life, He lives, abides, and in our heart, just like Bush 41. And we pass from this life into the next, we'll have ultimate covenant. But until then, we receive it 
as we ask for. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That first Christmas morning, a light began to shine. It even came in the form of a star, for goodness sake. And the shepherds were abiding in the field, and the star, and the angel, God. For unto you this day is born in the city of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. May it be of us today as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. May it be of us today as we even go back into the workplace in the morning. And may it be unto us as we gather with family and friends and people to celebrate Christmas that we be a reflection of the light of God. And may our lives bring kavu to someone else because we merely reflect that light that has come. The glory of the Lord. Amen. Now on a personal level, you may need some kavu for your world right with you. We're going to pray for that. You need direction, insight, revelation. You got a call. As my mama said, you may have to get in there and don't come out until you hear God speak. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just say another prophetic little thing. I'm feeling prophetic today in my heart. I just want to say this. Not only if you're here today and you very clearly know, hey, there's one thing that I clearly understand that I don't see some things clearly. If that makes sense to you and you need kavu about where you are, your specific circumstances, I'm going to pray for you. But let me say this prophetically. Listen carefully. Just This maybe help you open your eyes a little bit and be more sensitive to the things of God. I believe God's going to begin to reveal things to us that were previously unknown and unseen, not, not because of uh, we're in a place of real confusion, but he's going to begin to make himself manifest to us and speak to us and reveal things to us that we need to know about our future. Listen carefully to me. I believe our church family in the next days and weeks are going to begin to, things are going to begin to unlock and we're going to see things and understand things and things will begin to be revealed to us that we didn't previously know or understand. You know, when some people don't understand something, they react. Listen, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean you should react and do something that would be detrimental to you. <laughs> if Joseph had reacted, we would have had to rewrite some of this story here. But if we'll not react, we just respond and listen. And obey. Clarity comes. I believe we're at a place where that's going to begin to happen. So just get ready for some eye-opening, revelatory things to begin to be made manifest in your life, in this church, 
I believe it's happening right now for somebody here today. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. If you're here today and you came today with an intense understanding that you needed direction from God, and you came saying, oh, Lord, speak to me. I need to know what to do. I need to know which way to go. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, uh, on whatever circumstance or level it might mean to you, just lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you wherever you are. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Amen. Father, today, I pray the word of the Lord would begin to shine in our hearts today. And for these that lifted up their hands, I pray, God, you would begin by the Spirit of God and the Word of God and, if necessary, even the angels of God to bring some kavu, some revelation, some direction, some clarity, some destiny into their world. I pray even today this simple message would shine a light in all of our hearts. Help us understand and hear and know and see this is the way go yet. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Okay, a quiz question. What does kavu mean? Sealing and visibility unlimited. There you go. That's what God wants to give us. It ultimately will happen when we see him.